Welcome along to another episode of the How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast. I'm delighted to say joining me right now is... Am I calling you Dan or Daniel? Which do you prefer? I should probably check. Oh, you can call me Dan or Daniel. I, 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 you know, people have been calling me both. <laughs> both. And, I, and I want to see, hear you say my last name too. Okay. Because you that... made a phone yesterday and I'm just still cracking up about it today. <laughs> okay, let me see if I get this right. So it's Dan... Luke, you. you got it, yeah. And and the joke that you made to me yesterday was that in your country they call the bathroom the loop. <laughs> they do, yes. So if you're a, if you're like going to a wrestling show or something, and there's like a big queue to use the restroom afterwards, you could call that a Luke. You. The there you go. <laughs> so there you go, and you got my pronunciation perfect. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on the show, Dave. No, I'm delighted to have you on. Obviously, you are. The Fight Games resident Raw and Smackdown Fred creator. <laughs> you yes. uh, yeah, you sit like through <laughs> you sit through three hours of Raw, so we don't have to, which I appreciate. So thank you for that. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm just telling you that how much that's a tough one every day. That's three hours on Mondays. The Friday night Smackdowns are so much easier for me. It's just you know when when I when I look at that and, and I just like they, they just go so quick and the three hours just sometimes I end up falling asleep there in a row. No no effects to anything with Raw, but you know they're just some nights I'm just so exhausted after work and that's it. So that's all it is. No, I I appreciate it because that's one way I keep up with what's going on. Is obviously I listen to the. Uh, the Dave and Brian recaps, uh, but I also yeah. read your thread as well to see what uh, see what you said about Raw and SmackDown each week. And uh, yeah, you actually um, you commented on the the A the AEW one last night. Did you do you follow AEW as well then? I do, I do follow AEW. I haven't really been following it a lot lately. I've been trying to get back into it. Um, it's not it's not that I've lost interest. It's just I just lost time. Uh, it's just really what it is. And, and AEW is one of the ones that that just kind of falls in the middle of the week and. You know, trying to trying to get some stuff in between. Uh, you know, there's other things I, I do with work, and there's other things I absolutely do with uh, with a personal life too. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes video games with friends too. My <laughs> online <laughs> video games with friends comes comes there. Um, but I will, uh, you know, it's just kind of more of a. Uh, I, I tend to follow WWE more than AEW because that's what I've always been doing. But I started following AEW a lot, like in the beginning, uh, almost every Wednesday, and I kind of fizzled out a little bit on there. But uh, I've definitely been following it a little bit more these past two weeks, and I now can see that I can watch it later on too, uh, which is something I'm very happy about. So this way, if I do lose track of it, you know, I can look at it later on uh, from the TNT app and just come back and say, "Oh, great, I'm not missing anything now." So just like you, I'm probably going to watch the rest of the show tomorrow night. <laughs> so I know you mentioned that to me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we get it here on uh, Friday nights, and um, I mean, I, I have watched it in the past live on the Fight app. Uh, but that means staying up till three in the morning, and that just isn't that doesn't that just doesn't work right now for me. So uh, I'm not doing that too often nowadays. But yeah, we're jumping a little bit ahead because obviously one of the questions later on is what do you watch now? So we'll, we'll cover that later on. But um, you were telling me that back in the '90s, you used to actually do a wrestling newsletter for a while. I did, yes. Uh, so, so I'll give you a little bit of a background on this because it's it's quite funny. Um, so, one of the names that always comes up on on your podcast seems to be Paul Fontaine's name. Uh, <laughs> and he's still not a, uh, he's still not agreed to come on. So, Paul, if you're listening, I want you to come on the show. But yeah, sorry, Karen. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I've known Paul for 25 years. Funny enough, I only met him for the first time like five years ago in New York City. Uh, so, and we had a great time. We were, it, it, it's, it's a fun story because I was at a Yankee game and, 
we just went to uh, we went to Hooters and and we we really didn't even talk a lot of wrestling. Like we just talked like normal human things that were constantly going on around the world, and you know just different things would come up. But we went to Hooters for dinner with his son. <laughs> so <laughs> I should did. Yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, but yeah, so back in the nineties, Paul and I were actually um, uh, just gives you a little bit of a background about everything. Uh, we we had. Uh, we had both started what they called e-wrestling federations, uh, and and we were part of these news groups uh, every every week. And somehow we connected uh, these e-wrestling federations. You get to create your characters. You do this role play with your characters. You write it out. You write out matches uh, and everything. And Paul and I had our own little federations that we had going on. Uh, about a few years later, uh, probably about ninety-seven-ish or so, I decided to start a newsletter. Uh, right, right from my college lab, actually, that I was going to at the time, um, called the Hardcore Edge. Uh, it was more of an ECW newsletter, but then Paul kind of just came to me and said, would you mind if I contributed to a little bit, too? And I said, yeah, I'd love that. And I believe he was writing for some uh, WWF reviews, and that really kind of like, it kind of took off for about a year or two uh, pretty well. I mean, we had some, we had some pretty interesting guests at the time. Uh, and some special writers. Uh, uh, Dirty Dutch Mantle was one of our writers, actually, uh, that came through. So he was one of the guys that really helped us out a lot. Uh, I had Bob Ryder actually give us like some of the rumors and stuff like that when whenever we had it. So we had, you know, we had backstage rumors that Bob would tell us. You know, rest in peace, Bob. Uh, he he would definitely be missed. I know that for certain. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was very. It was a very interesting group. And, you know, there's some folks that are actually in the Fight Game Media group that actually contributed to there. Uh, I know Dennis Stanley every once in a while contributed to there. Doug Humphreys as well. Uh, he every, you, you might see his name every once in a while. He's, uh, he's very close to Paul. Um, yeah, we had, we had a pretty interesting group come together, not just for ECW, for, for, but for WCW, for WWE, for USWA as well. Uh, so it was, just, it was just quite interesting. And, you know, we, we kind of let, let that go, and we kind of just, like, kind of, branched off away from each other for so many years never really lost the love for wrestling but it was just it was just so cool you know i i really wish i didn't never finished uh, never never stopped doing that uh you know we just kind of but we just kind of lost touch with each other because the internet wasn't so huge then uh compared to how it is now now today it's like we have so many different things that we can look at you know so many different podcast newsletters websites uh social media going on that that's everything's just so open nowadays and i'm just glad i'm just glad he got me back into this uh a little bit more this past year because he was the one that invited me to the fight game media and i was just so happy to see his name and then some other names that i recognize as well on there and i was like wow this is, i'm like this is cool i'm like this is just so cool i'm just so happy to be a part of it again yeah and bob Ryder, who you mentioned i mean he was such a pioneer when it came to you know internet wrestling journalism really because i think you know one wrestling.com is the first sort of big wrestling news site i can think of yeah yep, that's exactly right yeah and, and he helped so much like he he actually got me some interviews like with some of the wrestlers back in the day uh you know it was uh francine who she was absolute absolute sweetheart compared to what she played <laughs> <laughs> yeah. compared to what she played on character on tv and ecw uh she was she was so nice um he, you know, he set me up with her, and then uh, Axel Rotten, you know, he was another guy, and he even tried to set me up with HBK at one point in time, and HBK said yes, but then, then he kind of backed out. <laughs> so, you know, it was just, you know, and I was like, oh, whatever. But um, yeah, but yeah, he he was he was like a pioneer. I mean, he was really a pioneer in my mind too, as well. He was just so great. So, what is your earliest memory of wrestling? 
Ooh, this is a good one. Uh, <laughs> so my earliest memory of wrestling, um, when I was probably, I would say probably about five or six years old, uh, my grandfather had a vacation house upstate New York, uh, in, in Glenspey, New York. Uh, it was, um, I, my, my parents would drop me off there whenever they wanted to have a night out. Uh, and one day, my grandfather just, you know, he, he loved watching me. And he just said, hey, come and watch TV with me. I want, I want you to see, I want to see if you like this or not. And he turned on the TV, and sure enough, there it is. There's wrestling on TV. Uh, and I don't remember who, who was wrestling at the time. I just remember it was in black and white. And I remember my grandfather mentioning two names to me that were that still stick with me to this day. Uh, the first name was Ivan Putsky, mm-hmm. and this, which who you know, my grandfather would tell me, you know, Ivan Putsky is, is Polish, and, and even though we're not Polish, Polish is pretty much closer to what we are today. We're Ukrainian, so he was a big fan of Ivan Putsky because of that. Um, the second guy was uh, Chief J. Strongbow. Uh, he mm-hmm. loved Chief K. Strongbone, and I believe that, if I recall correctly, he told me that Chief K. Strongbone was, was from the same town that he grew up in, in Nutley, New Jersey. So he was just a big fan. <laughs> and, you know, so it was like, you know, and that was really my first first memory of wrestling, was watching it on TV with my grandfather. And, you know, ever since then, it was more of, okay, I loved watching wrestling, and I watched it a little bit more when and I started becoming a little bit older as a kid as well. Uh, collecting all the LGN figures that we had, uh, those those were something else. You know, those were those were made like solid, like solid rubber, basically. Those were crazy. Um, and, and even playing with those figures all the time, and you know, getting my friends together, playing with those figures. You know, those are those are some of the memories that I had when I was a kid. Some of the earliest memories that I have, I think. And which wrestlers, you know, really sort of captured your imagination as a kid? Well, I. Uh, I think everyone's gonna say Hogan. <laughs> if that's not the, if that's not a, not a lie, uh, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's not gonna say Hogan. Uh, Hogan's one of the guys that I actually met probably at Comic Con. I was actually very surprised uh, uh, how cool he was and how down to earth he was at the time. Um, probably, uh, so it was probably about five, four, about five or six years ago. I met him in person at Comic Con, and he was a uh, he was just such a cool dude. Uh, he was just—I thought he was going to be all business when I met him, and it was just more of a, more of a—he was just so down to earth. He wanted to be with the fans. He wanted to interact with them. Uh, I know, I know his uh, manager at the time, or the guy that's representing him, was Jimmy Hart, and Jimmy was kind of—I'm not going to say—he he came off kind of bullish. Jimmy kind of, can't, kind of came off kind of bullish. Uh, he was all business. He—I you know, remember looking at him. The kid wanted a, uh, a photograph with uh, with Hogan, and, and Hogan was like, "Oh yeah, just take a picture with me." And Jimmy's like. No, Hulk, you can't do that. You can't do that. We have to have these people pay for it. And I was like, wow, I'm like that really sucks. I'm like, I'm like, so, so of course, you know, I went to go get, you know, went to go meet Hogan and actually get his autograph and everything like that. And and he was cool. Like he was cool. And I'm just, I'm just talking about five, six years ago, but he was just so cool. Uh, just basically came up to me, you know, and shook my hand, gave me his autograph, and said, yeah, you want to get a picture with me? Cool, you know, don't worry about what Jimmy says. And I'm like, really? He's like, oh, and then like, he just he started chatting with me a little bit more. You know, <laughs> he was just like, I, I, you know, I don't get starstruck very easily, and, and to me, it's just like, I treat everyone like a natural human being, so we kind of like started chatting on like a natural level, like we were just two human beings that were just normal people. Uh, besides Hulk, though, uh, some of the others that captured my imagination were uh, were definitely watching Man Ray Savage. He was he was up there. He was definitely. What uh, so, he, sorry? What sort of time frame are we talking here? Are we talking sort of late eighties or? 
Yeah, probably about late 80s, probably about 87-ish or so. Right, yeah, so you're talking sort of the mega, well, right before the mega powers, because that was like, yeah. that was more sort of 88, was that 88 or 89? Right. 89, I think, wasn't it? Around there, yeah, yeah. around there. Yeah, I mean, Macho Man, Andre Giant, I, I was, you know, always a fan of Andre because he was the big man, you know, and, and, and he seemed like always, he was always invincible, and that was always cool to see something like that. Um, Jake the Snake Roberts, who was definitely a different, <laughs> a different <laughs> character uh, for something. Uh, he was, uh, you know, when we looked at Jake, you know, he, he was just such a mastermind of what he did. Uh, you know, he, he just, with the snake, first of all, that was something different that people didn't see, right? And, uh, you know, and then he played all these psychological games with people. And I, I still remember the snake when he, uh, when he had the snake uh, bite Macho Man. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah, I was, like, I was just going to oh, say, yeah, that was around, I think that was around sort of Survivor Series 91, I want to say. Yeah, somewhere um, around there, yeah. Somewhere around there. And I think, uh, yeah, I remember it really well. Randy just caught up in the ropes and the snake biting him. Yeah, that's a really, uh, that really stands out in my mind as a, yeah. a really great angle. And yeah, that that was just, and it just, and that just blew me away with stuff when I see stuff like that. That just blew me. I was a younger kid, probably about, you know, probably getting into the early teens or so around that, probably between 12, 12 and thirteen years old. And that just blew me away. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, this is just nuts. I'm like, I couldn't believe. I mean, this and it really captures the imagination as a kid. You know, it's just like, and you start thinking about it. And you're like, wow. And then the other ones that really, I'll throw a tag team out there, and I, I love these guys. These they're British Bulldogs. Uh, oh, and, yeah. And, and loved, yeah, and they were they were awesome. They were, and I loved them because of their mascot too. <laughs> they had Matilda. Matilda. I don't know if you remember Matilda. I do. I do remember Matilda. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that um, obviously the Hall of Fame didn't happen this year because um, the British Bulldog was going to go in. I think they're probably going to yeah. do it whenever. Obviously, whenever it's safe for everyone to travel and and they can hold it in a in a building, they will. I think they're probably induct the British Bulldog there's a shame they can't also induct Dynamite Kid because you know Dynamite Kid was such an amazing performer one of the all time greats absolutely yeah it's funny enough it's like I actually found the letter that I wrote when I was a kid to the British Bulldog actually the WWE headquarters about I guess Matilda was sick at the time as they called it and I wrote a letter saying I hope Matilda gets better and blah 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 <laughs> it was just, it's just <laughs> the letter and I found the letter unfortunately I go well I never really made it to WWF headquarters at the time so obviously my parents never sent it out for me <laughs> so so one day I posted it on Twitter or Instagram or something I, I think it was Twitter and I said oh by the way uh, WWE this letter never got to you and they actually liked the they actually liked the photo which is hysterical <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the the first live show you attended? I do. Um, I have pictures from it actually. I actually posted it in Effectia Media, uh, probably back in September. Um, it was. Uh, I didn't wasn't aware of the date until uh, Nick Mahmood actually uh, gave me the actual card on there. I thought it was probably around eighty four, eighty five, but it actually ended up being uh, August first, nineteen eighty seven. I was ten years old then. Um, it was uh, it was at East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the Meadowlands. Uh, so it was a uh, it's quite an, it's quite an interesting card when you look at it because some of the names like there's such old '80s names when you look at it. Jerry Allen versus Tiger Chung Lee, uh, Sika against Outback Jack, uh, Ron Bass against Money Poffo. Uh, then you had uh, this this was an interesting one. Not a lot of people got a chance to, to see them, but uh, Judy Martin and Lelena uh, Kai versus the Jumping Bomb Angels. And the Jumping Bomb Angels, a lot of people always talk about them because they, they were such, you know, 
they were such pioneers for women's tag team wrestling at the time. Um, and it's just, it's just great. I never realized I got I never got to see them when I was ten years old. Now here I am talking about them, you know, almost thirty years later, <laughs> realizing that I saw the Jumpy Bomb Angels when I was ten years old. And, you know, it's just crazy to think about it. Um, Greg Valentine and Dino Bravo against the Rougeau brothers. Uh, that, that was that was quite a fun match. Uh, I think everyone's uh, everyone's reason why they were there was for Hogan. Uh, it was Hogan against uh, Killer Khan with uh, Mr. Fuji in the corner. Uh, they also had Kamala against Junkyard Dog, and then uh, Don Morocco was actually against uh, Harley Race, and Harley Race was another guy that was really like quite, quite a, quite a sight to see whenever you got to get a chance to see Harley Race. Like he was definitely one of the guys that a lot of people should be talking about because he trained so many folks. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love Harley. Um, at any point, did you stop watching wrestling or completely lose interest in it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I kind of expect you to say that. <laughs> I'm probably the first person that's going to give you that answer because I've been listening to your podcast and it seems like at some point people have have said yes at some point, but then I got back into it a few years later. Um, no, not really for me. Uh, I, I guess you know my my love for wrestling really started in the 80s, went into the 90s with WWF. Uh, then, then suddenly, you know, uh, 90s, late 90s started becoming Nitro and Raw. I mean, I think we all remember that whole, the whole Monday Night Wars with Nitro and Raw. That was that was just nuts. And I remember going back and forward between two TVs, trying to catch both shows at the same time, which was just really hard to do. You know, I have a TV upstairs in the bedroom and a TV in the basement in my parents' house. And I'm going up and down trying to catch both shows, trying to figure out which one I want to watch because I liked both of them at the time. Uh, and at some point in time, I think it was kind of like, okay, well, let's stick with one, which ended up being Nitro, I guess, probably around the, around an NWO time. Um, then, of course, uh, around the same time, ECW came on, which I became a huge, huge fan of ECW. Uh, one o'clock in the morning, Saturday nights, so it was just I would stay up and watch ECW. On, I guess it was an MSG. I think that's what channel it was. But uh, that was then, then everything started fizzling out a little bit with each other. You know, ECW's gone, WCW's gone. Uh, WWF still around. I think people started losing interest around that time, but I continued to watch because I was I was interested. You know, I wanted to see what they, how things were going to go and where everything was going to go at that point. Uh, then probably about I'd say mid two thousand five ish or so, TNA came around, and I started becoming a pretty big TNA fan. Um, uh, I don't watch it that often now. I kind of I, I don't know. I'm not into TNA that much. Uh, Impact or whatever you want to call it now, but. Um, TNA was so awesome back then. It was just, and I got I got to a few of their events at the time, which was so awesome to see because it was just kind of more of a, you got to see some of the people that you saw in WWF or in WCW at the time: Sting, Kurt Angle, uh, Jeff Jarrett. You know, these are the guys that I never got a chance to see personally at the time, and now I'm now I'm seeing them live in person. You know, at, down at the Impact Zone, uh, which is just awesome, and, and you're seeing seeing the rest of each other, and then you got to see some of the future guys too, like. At the time, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, that was our future right there. Like, these are our future guys that we're looking at. And we're saying, hey, you know, these are these are great wrestlers. It's so awesome to see these guys. And then, again, TNA fizzled out. <laughs> TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call it, fizzled out a little bit more. But uh, never really never really lost interest. Kept kept watching WWF, uh, WWE, actually, at the time. Uh, and uh, I actually got my dad into both TNA and WWE, which is hysterical to even talk about because he was kind of, uh, he, he kind of never really liked wrestling. And uh, 
I guess he he picked he piqued interest more on Samoa Joe, and then then when that ha- when that lost a little bit more of the steam, he piqued a little bit more interest on uh, I guess the Bella Twins. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame him. <laughs> you know, he, he was a single old man at the time, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then he lost interest. But I I just kept watching. I've always been watching every. Every every chance I can, you know, I, I've always tried to watch. I mean, every once in a while, if I don't watch, it's usually because I have a hockey game that I have to play or something. That and that would be the only reason. But I probably would try to catch up if there's a show that I miss. And we kind of already sort of covered this question earlier on, but you know, what are your viewing habits now? So I, I know you watch Raw and SmackDown every week, and you were saying yeah. you do more or less follow AEW as well. Anything else you watch at all? Do you watch any New Japan or? Hey, no, I haven't really had a chance to watch New Japan. I, I mean, I've caught a couple of matches from them. I really never really had a chance to watch it though. Um, I, I have, uh, you know, I've had caught uh, when it was a little bit popular, House of Hardcore, a few years ago. I don't know if you remember Tommy Dreamer's promotion that he yes. was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I've been to a couple of those shows too, and and, th- and that was that was a fun time. Uh, I mean, it kind of reminded me of ECW, and some of the guys you see on AEW today and TNA are both there. I mean, they, they were both, they, they were all, you know, they're all there. They're all, you know, they're, they're kind of all coming together as one again, which is kind of cool to see. Um, but, I mean, other than, you know, for me, Monday Night's Raw, uh, Friday Night's SmackDown, and Wednesday Night AEW, uh, I wouldn't mind probably trying to get into another one, just trying to find a time to watch it and, you know, trying to binge watch one just to see, you know, what what am I watching? You know, is there anything new coming up? But that'd be awesome, too. I'd love to see something new come up at one, time, one point in time. Do you follow any NXT at all? Uh, I used to for a little bit. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I'd love to get back into NXT a little bit more. I know uh, they've been they've been kind of uh, putting out some good shows lately, and I think it'd be great to catch up on that. Yeah, I, I, I've not seen it, but I've only heard great things about the Pete Dunne and uh, Cardo Riley match from last night's show. So I have to uh, definitely check that one out. But there's been a couple of matches this year that have really blown me away Finn Balor's had a great year this year he really has and because he was someone that really was doing nothing on the main roster so I think sending yeah, him back to NXT was the right move for sure it was the right move and, and I, and I just one thing I absolutely did not like about Finn Balor was I did, actually I love Finn Balor I thought I thought he could do so much more on the main roster um, I think what they could have done was they could have used him as say uh, uh uh, his other character that he was doing, uh, the demon, mm-hmm. um, and really they could have they could have blown that out of the water. I mean, imagine seeing the demon versus uh, the fiend right now. <laughs> you know, like, that would be something that I would love to see. You know, because, I, and and I'm not a fan of the fiend right now because I'm just it just it seems like stupidity to me. Uh, but <laughs> I like well, what are we what are we getting on Sunday? It's a Inferno, what they're calling it, Inferno Fireflies match, uh, an Inferno Firefly match or something. I, I can't remember what they're calling is, it. Is it an Inferno Firefly Funhouse match or something like? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Is I don't know. I, I, it's just going to be more cinematic, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was not a fan of the first round of Orton Bray Wyatt feud, and this one's not doing it for me either. If I'm honest, it's uh, <laughs> it's just not. It's not good, is it? But. Um, and yeah. I'm a fan of Randy, so it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not like that. You know, I know he's trying to do what's best for business, but again, <laughs> it just kind of it's not coming off that well. Let's be honest with you. For our rapid fire questionnaire, favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, I could have so many answers for this one. Right off the top of my head, Edge. Um, <laughs> he is he is one of the guys that I, I, I'm a fan of. What we will call 
hardcore controversial wrestlers, right? Um, so so Edge is probably one of the guys right up there that that fit that that mold for me, um, because he's had controversy when he was rated on superstar. He always had a controversial uh, you know piece on there, and he's always he's always had hardcore matches as well. Actually, him and I have a lot in common where we've had similar neck surgeries uh, recently. Uh, I, so yeah, so. So I kind of have a little bit more respect for him, knowing what he's gone through with just next surgery. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, I can get so many answers for this one. Edge is right on the top of my list, right there. But if you go, we keep going. You know, I can tell you the franchise Shane Douglas when he was in ECW. He was one of those other controversial wrestlers that I liked. Uh, he was definitely there. Um, uh, I, I was. You were probably expecting me to say Alexa Bliss. It's not everything that I, you know, based on what I've had on. The, <laughs> on my Viking media, but, uh, you know, if I talk women's wrestler recently, she'll be right up there too. Um, she, I, I remember she was, um, when she first got drafted to raw, I, you know, I turned to my friend and I go, you know, we were watching together and I said, Hey, watch out for this girl. She's going to be, you know, she's going to be a main event there and she's really quick and they're going to, they're going to push her like no tomorrow. And sure enough, that's exactly what they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, Edge, uh, Franchise Shane Douglas, and, and uh, honestly, I'm, I'll be honest with you, Triple H. I, I, I've always been a big Triple H fan as well. Um, definitely one of the guys that I respect in the business. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of people have different thoughts on that, but you know, based on how he presents himself in the ring, you know, how how he's been pretty much a safe worker for other folks as well. Uh, you know, seeing, hearing all that, I, I really have a lot of respect for him, and just the psychology that he puts in the ring, and the matches that he puts on. So they start off a little slow, but then they speed up a little bit, and he just, he just, he just captures that moment. He just always captured that moment. Like that's always liked him, like about him. So, if you're such a huge Edge fan, you must have been ecstatic to see him back at the Royal Rumble. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> it was, it was the, it was the moment of the year, at least to me. I think that was a moment of the year so far. What have you made of what they've done since? I mean, what do you think of the WrestleMania match with Randy? Because that was kind of a match that really people either loved it, it, it seemed, or they felt it was far too long and, and, and far too boring. I mean, what were your thoughts on that match at WrestleMania? It wasn't, it wasn't that I felt that it was too long, though it did go a little bit longer than I would have liked it to. Um, I felt that both guys put their bodies on the line too much. Yeah. Uh, at that point, yeah, and and that was that was what what disturbed me a little bit because here's Edge coming back just from multiple neck surgeries, right? And they told him never to never to wrestle again, and now he's coming back from another one where he's pretty much got cleared, and and now he's putting his body on the line so much, and I'm just watching, and I'm just watching this, and I'm going, oh man, I'm like, I hope he's going to be okay. <laughs> like, like I just you know because he he had the same thing I had, and I'm just sitting there like, I hope he's going to be okay. Thankfully, he was okay with that, but fortunately. Uh, he got messed up on in, in other aspects, but uh, I definitely thought that it probably could have been shortened just a little bit. Um, I, I, I wasn't wasn't too pleased about some of the stuff that they did, but again, I'm happy that they put it out there and really made it into something different. Uh, you know, something different for that WrestleMania because uh, it was just you know it, it was just one of those where where we weren't getting a lot of hardcore matches, and now we're kind of getting a hardcore match at this point. And I think. Everyone just kind of needed that. But again, like you said, a little bit too long. Definitely a little bit too long. And then like you say, sadly he got hurt in the, uh, what were they calling it? The greatest wrestling match of all time. Yeah, that definitely was not the greatest wrestling match of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you that much. <laughs> 
Well, no, because I, my problem with it was you can you can't possibly have the greatest wrestling match of all time because it has to be spontaneous. It has to be, you know, you can't orchestrate it. You know, and that's, that's the trouble. It, it, it was too choreographed. I know that's what wrestling is, but I mean, it was it was too choreographed and it was too because they were doing apparently loads of retakes and the match itself was like I know forty minutes something like that, but. Apparently it was a lot longer than that, and they edited, edited it down. And yeah, apparently Edge Eddie, got hurt on a. I think Edge yes. got hurt on a retake, didn't he, or something like that? He did. Yeah, he did. He did. And they only really needed to make that match like twenty-five minutes or so. I think that's all they really needed for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, your favorite match of all time? Well, uh, the WrestleMania twelve Iron Man match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Now that's a match that kind of. Not, I wouldn't say it polarizes people, but people either seem to love that match or think it's overrated. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you, but you, you, you love that match, yeah? Yeah, I, I, I like that match. That that was that was such a good match, and, and it just told such a great story, and, and you know, and that story continued on. I mean, that story just continued on after that. Um, you know, it was just, and it's just, I, 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 that was just the one where it just kind of like we, we sort of had a shift in the business a little bit there, you know, because you know, as we know, Sean won. Um, so it was just like one of those, one of those where okay, you know, now now we have a little bit of shift in the business, and now we have you know this this young this younger guy coming up now, and really, really, he might be carrying the business in the, you know on his back, which kind of he did a little bit more for a few years after that, where you know that's you know after after somebody like Brett, where it's just like was doing that already anyway, uh, and I love Brett too, I love Brett and Owen, both of them were so so awesome, but it was just it was just so interesting to see, and it was just such a great match, like like just. The flow of the match to me really went, and like no one really expected a, a zero zero tie mm. on that, that point in time going to overtime, and I think that's the first time we saw something like that, uh, especially on a big stage at WrestleMania. And it's just like, and and while some people might have thought it might have been slow and boring, I, would, I think that was the point where where they wanted to make it a little slow, speed it up a little bit, and then bring it to a little bit of a closure at that. And then it was pretty quick, you know, once the overtime came around. So that was that was it was just. I loved it though. I love I love the result. I love the match. Everything about it. Um, yeah, that was one of my favorite matches. <laughs> of course, back then it felt like you were either a Brett guy or a Sean guy. So were you more sort of a Sean guy at that time, or do you kind of, or more or less, a fan of both of them? Really, I think I was a fan of both of them. I, I think I was a fan of both of them. I I, I didn't like one over the other. Um, you know, I, I liked I liked how Sean was a little bit more of a high flyer at the time, right? I, I think that that really really set the tone a little bit more for the future. Uh, I, I also like Brett's technical skills, so it's kind of like I got a mix of both. <laughs> so so it's just kind of like I like both of them. You know, was, there wasn't one over the other. I, I definitely didn't have a have a preference of either of them. The best show you ever attended live? Ha! <laughs> Two of them. Um, the first one was, ironically enough, it was a house show. Uh, March 8th, 1997, it was an ECW show in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, it was it was quite an interesting show. I actually I actually have an art video of it. Uh, I don't know if you remember art video or not. I do, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's the fan cam, the extreme fan cam of it. I bought it a few years ago because I, I had to remember that, that show because it was just like, I, I loved it so much. And I finally found it on there. Uh, and there was such a... It, I, I love. It was not that the show was the best show ever. Um, it was more of these guys really put on a great show for a house show, 
and they really put like we had Taz versus Spike Dudley, Eliminators versus the Bat Crew, uh, Raven versus Nova. Shane, they had a Shane Douglas Jr. interview going on. Uh, Pitbull number two versus Brian Lee. Um, yeah, Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten were taking on New Jack and Louis Spicoli. Uh, Chris Chetty versus Little Guido. Tommy Dreamer versus Devon Dudley. Sandman and Bubba Ray Dudley went went to like pretty much almost a no contest, I think. And then uh, Sabu against Chris Candido. Uh, and and these guys were just putting on an amazing show. And it wasn't just even that they were putting on an amazing show for house show. It's the minute I walked into that building. It was a YMCA in Trenton, New Jersey, right? So it was just a little. It's like a little swimming pool building <laughs> that that we walked into. It was me and a couple friends of mine. And the second you walk in there, you felt the energy. Like you felt the energy in that building, and and it was so loud. Like it was just the 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 ambient noise that was going on in there. Just made just just so loud in there, and the energy that the rest was was from the fans. And the wrestlers felt that energy, uh, and the wrestlers definitely felt that energy, and they put on what, what was what was a pretty decent show for a house show. Uh, probably one of my favorite shows that I've been to. Um, the other show uh, that I've been to um, was uh, back in 2013, uh, WrestleMania. Uh, so this was the one with uh, Rock and John Cena. Uh, I believe this was WrestleMania 29 in uh, here in New Jersey as well. Um, at the uh, MetLife uh, Stadium. That's the one uh, with. So, is that the one with Punk and Taker? Oh, that was one of my favorite matches right there. <laughs> <laughs> On that one, yes, that I gave. Actually, the entire, the entire, or the entire stadium gave both those guys a standing ovation because of how that match was so good. Um, and you know, there there was a lot of cool things that happened in the match. I mean, even the Roxena, uh, you know, the Roxena um, main event was pretty good, even though it got cut short a little bit more. Uh, because I think Rock got injured at the time, but the uh, the CM Punk versus Undertaker match was really good, and then you also had Triple H versus Brock Lesnar too uh, on that show, which was awesome. Um, and then you had the up and coming Shield, <laughs> who we all we all know who Shield is, um, and they were taking on I think uh, Randy Randy Orton and Sheamus and Big Show, and uh, I, I went there with the, I was there with a buddy of mine. And I turned to my buddy, and I think just I think this was the I want to say this might have been the first pay per view the Shield was on. I don't I don't recall if this or the first WrestleMania the Shield was on. I think it was definitely I, the first WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember yeah. thinking I don't know if it was I don't know if it was 2013 or 2014. They worked with the Wyatt family like the month right. before on the February pay per view, and I always felt that it should have been the WrestleMania match. But I may have been 2014. Now I'm thinking about it. I think that was 2014. Yeah, yeah, I think that was definitely 2014. I remember turning to my friend now, and I said, "Damn, I got." I go, this group is awesome, but wait to see what happens when each of these branch out individually as themselves. Because it's going to happen in a few years. And sure enough, here we are talking about it. And these guys are going to be main event stars. You know, you have Roman, you have Seth, and you have, uh, you know, and you have John Moxley now, uh, who was Dean Ambrose at the time, you know, and AEW. And each of these guys are, are huge main event stars, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, so you know, I, I, yeah, I, I've always been spot on, you know, catching this talent all the time, which is, which is so cool. Um, but I was just so happy I got to see them as a group too. And there was some other matches that, that were okay, but these are the ones that stuck out with me, uh, and, and just really made it more of a more of a hey, you know, this is kind of my favorite. And, that, and this was probably this is probably one of the last events I've ever ever been able to attend comfortably uh, <laughs> since my neck injuries that I had. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've been to some other events. You know, I've seen Austin break his neck. Uh, you know, back in the day. Um, yeah, there's some. There's, I've been to some crazy house show events, but these these two are definitely my favorite. Uh, my my favorite events that I've ever been to. 
What I loved about the Punk and, and Taker match that year was the build to it and them incorporating Paul Bearer into the storyline because yeah. Paul Bearer had just passed away and yeah. I didn't know I didn't know Percy Pringle really well, but I did I did sort of interact with him over the years a little bit and I think he would have loved that. I think he would have loved to have been part of that storyline. Yeah, so. I think so too. That that yeah, and I was and you know, there's so, such a respectful thing that they did on there, you know, and, and you know, you had CM Punk doing a little disrespect, but he you know he was being respectful in that in aspect, so yeah, he would have loved. He would have loved Paul Heyman coming out with the makeup on and and with the. Yeah. Um, that, I think he would have got a kick out of that. But, yeah, uh, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, the last question I ask everybody, and and it's it's a it's a hard question, and and some people don't know what sort of direction to go with it. But if you could change one thing about the wrestling business, what would it be? This actually isn't a hard question for me right now. Um, just, just look at Change rule of two hours? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe, that's, maybe that's one of the things I could say, but no. <laughs> um, no, that would be nice if they, if they made it more like SmackDown. Um, though, though, you know, as you know, I'm more of, of what I'm calling, considering myself a smart mark, right? Uh, so, so more of a, uh, I'm more of a fan than I am a behind-the-scenes guy, you know, so I don't know a lot of behind-the-scenes. But one of the things that I, you know, just looking at it from a fan perspective, what what are we missing on on these shows on a on a weekly basis? And to me, what I think we're missing is a mega babyface. Um, uh, yeah, really, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. You know, where where is where is our Hogan from the eighties? Where's our Where's our Rock and Austin from you know the nineties, early two thousands? Where's our under face Undertakers? Where heck? Where's our John Cena's? Right. So we we don't see that often. And, and then look at Raw, and I come come back to Raw, and I say, well, who's our mega baby face on Raw? Drew McIntyre. Eh, I like Drew, but you know he was a mid carder that just got pushed. I mean, to, to, that's that's the way I looked at it. You know, they called him a future of business ten years ago, over ten years ago, and now finally he's getting that push. Now I'm looking at SmackDown too. Who are our mega baby faces? I mean, Roman Reigns was gonna be the baby face, but now he's a heel. Great, he's doing an awesome job as a heel, first of all, <laughs> right? So you know, but now we're looking at who's your mega baby face? Well, Jey Uso. Jey Uso, you know, he's a tag team guy. You know, Kevin Owens. Again, same thing. You know, was Drew McIntyre that I think. You know, then we got Daniel Bryan. Who oh, I love Daniel Bryan, but again, uh, you know, these these are some of the guys that you know. They, could it be, they, could it be pushed to another level to become that mega baby face? Maybe. And then, you know, we look at AEW as well. You know, I'm going to throw it out there. You know, uh, John Moxley, you know, John Moxley has, has become one of the top baby faces now in AEW. And, but, and then uh, you look at Cody as well. He's another guy. But if I'm watching AEW, somehow I'm more interested in watching Chris Jericho than I am interested in watching, you know, John Moxley or Cody. Which is, you know, sad to say that, but <laughs> I just find Chris Jericho more entertaining. Well, Jericho, so, I mean, Jericho is a hill, obviously, but I mean, he comes out and and you got the crowd singing exactly. his theme, and yeah, he, I mean, he's the most over guy really there, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. So, so I'm almost looking at Jericho saying, "Well, is he a babyface now, or is he just a heel?" So, I me, think he's going to be because I think MJF. I could see MJF being the leader of the inner circle, and, and Jericho I, being a babyface. Uh, Something's definitely going to happen there, which will be great. But again, we need that mega, mega baby face that we see week after week. Well, you could know, it that... have been? Could it have been Daniel Bryan? I mean, obviously they got behind him more out of because the fans sort of made them really. They, they, they never yeah. were going to get behind him fully. Um, obviously, he had the net, he had the uh, the injury and, and he had to retire. 
When he came back, though, could they not have really got behind him then and, and made him the top baby they face? Should. They should have done that. They should have absolutely done that. And I was expecting them to. And then, you know, things obviously changed this year with the whole COVID situation. And now, now oh, I don't. Hang on, I don't know what I don't know what's happened there, but you you've gone all um your your audio's gone wrong somewhere oh. online. Can you hear me now? Yeah, but you sound you sound very different for some reason. I don't know what quite what's happened oh. there. But, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean Daniel Bryan could definitely have been that guy that that went to uh, that could have been pushed as a as a baby face. I, I think so. Um, but the whole uh, the whole COVID situation, you know, uh, we don't really know. We don't know who the fans are really cheering for. Now, because we don't have him in attendance, so until we start seeing him, we don't know who's really going to be that baby face. And, and I'd like to know. Like, I, I like to see, I like to see, get get more fans' opinions on there. You know, who who do they think is going to be that future? Who is going to be the big baby face? Who's going to be the big merchandise grab? You know, that that's everyone's going to be buying their, their merchandise and everything like that. So, yeah, it's just really something that that we have to. You know, th- I think more baby faces are definitely definitely needed. I mean, it's just something we see way too many heels nowadays. Damn, we could we could be here all night talking wrestling, couldn't yeah. we? I mean, uh, <laughs> we we really could, uh, and no doubt, like I keep saying to every guest, obviously this podcast has only got a, sh- a relatively short shelf life. You know, obviously I'm going to run out of guests at some point. Um, so what I'd like to do is get everybody back on for like the next the next phase, whatever the next phase is. I don't even know yet, but I've, I've got quite a lot of these to do. So. Um, We'll, we'll we'll keep going with that, but um, certainly whatever I decide to do next, I'd love to have you back on for that. I'd love to be back on too, and then maybe we can get me involved at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great because the very first podcast was uh, with JD and, and and Joey, and that was a lot of fun. I, I love to do more of those where you got two people on at the same time. Of course, the dream would be to have Garrett and John on at the same time. That Garrett and John awesome. the Rocker. Yeah, I really want to hear both of them. I would love that too, yeah. Uh, did you have a chance to listen to the Brian Alvarez interview at all? I did not, not yet. Nope. I was, yeah. That's worth checking out as well. That was a great chat about uh, the death of WCW. Because um, you're not in the uh, you're not in the book club, are you? No, I'm not in the book club. Nope, not, not yet. I, I'm reading really another book right now. I'm reading another book right now. I'm not <laughs> and uh, a friend wrote it for me. I, I'm not. I'm not going to plug the book just yet. Um, <laughs> or if you want me to, if, if you like, I can plug the book for them. Uh, if you if you want me to do a plug. <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's a book that uh, for, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Um, and and this person uh, wrote is a friend of mine from one of my Star Wars group groups that we call it. <laughs> um, and she wrote a book actually called uh, uh, Bridge to Valhalla. Uh, and it's uh, it's more of like a, a space book than it is a actual uh, actual Star Wars book, but it's quite it's quite an interesting read if you're into that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, Dan, thanks once again, and uh, yeah, uh, no doubt we'll have you back on uh, in the future. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much, David, for having me on the podcast. It was my pleasure. I loved it. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye bye.